0: Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, a show where we get tips and tricks from experts on how you can land your next job. And today, we are looking into a difficult interview question, and that is, tell me about the best and worst boss you've ever had. And joining us to talk about this question is Leanne King, and she is the president of Seeking HR. So Leanne, why do you feel it's important for job seekers to really prepare for tough questions like this instead of answering them off the cuff without really thinking about your answer in the whole grand scheme of things?
1: Well, Katie, it's funny. A lot of people feel like interviewing is just off the cuff. It's conversational and it's dialogue. And what we find is, in theory, as employers, we would love to really receive the raw answer. But as a candidate that's trying to make the best first impression, a rehearsed, a somewhat prepared response is actually going to set them up better for success in that they're not going to have a slip of the tongue. They're not going to say something inadvertently that is completely derogatory towards a former coworker or a former supervisor. So we really suggest that candidates work through a series of negative questions and negative scenarios so that they can be prepared to ask and answer those negative soliciting questions.
0: Right. So you yeah and I really appreciate that you mentioned that as an employer you really want that raw answer, but as a candidate it's not really a good idea just to be off the cuff. So as a candidate, how do you kind of get that balance correct? Because I've I've been in interviews and I've seen people who are obviously very rehearsed and know exactly how to answer that question, but then I feel like I'm not really getting the whole story. So how do you kind of find a balance in between there so you're giving the whole story and being genuine with it?
1: You know, I can tell you really from personal experience is as individuals go through difficult job transitions, they can think of a variety of examples that have happened to them that maybe it's not the worst situation, but it's certainly a situation that's left them cold or feeling uncomfortable. And it's still honest and it's true, but it's not painful. We really coach people to say, find a situation where it's been negative to you, but you have in fact learned something. You've created, you know, the typical lemonade out of lemons. You've made the situation positive. You've learned to grow and you've come out the other side and look at how amazing things are now. So it really comes down to taking a negative situation and putting a positive spin on it and being genuine, not overly rehearsed, but being really genuine and thoughtful about what it is that you're saying, because the situation is not unique. Everybody has bad bosses. Everybody has bad things that they deal with. It's just how you, for lack of a better way of saying it, how you spin that up during that interview process.
0: Right. And I really like how you said to be thoughtful with your answer, because I think that's really going to help you seem more genuine and um, really be authentic with your answer. So I really want to dive into this question. What is the purpose of asking about your
1: best and worst boss? The real purpose behind asking the question is really to find out what the working style or the working relationship may or may not be in the employment situation that you would be going into. For example, if you have a new boss that you're coming into and they are what we call a bouncer, they're, you know, they're sort of ADD on steroids and they're all over the place and they think and they hop and they jump from thought to thought to thought. And the interviewer is saying, oh my gosh, they're crazy, they're all over the place, and you recognize that during the interview, the candidate then has the opportunity to step back and say, you know, I work well in fast-paced environments, where there's a lot of multitasking things that happen. You can take that sort of same framework and apply that to a negative boss or a negative situation in which you've had in the workplace to say, these are things that maybe don't bring out the best in me, but these are things, these are situations and scenarios where I can really accommodate and really be flexible and adaptable to the situation given the task and responsibilities. So you really
0: kind of stressed there, flexible and adaptable. Is that something that employers are really looking to hear in this question? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: We really, really emphasize today. It's more with less. It's cutting corners. It's being really wise and thoughtful about the decisions you make in terms of hiring. So from an employer's perspective, absolutely, they're looking for how can I get the most bang for my buck and I'm looking for the individuals that can bring flexibility to the table. If we have them on a project and need them to stop this one and move over here and they say, well, you know what, I'm kind of in a box and I'm a little bit rigid and I can only work in this one scenario, this one environment, this one task at this time. That doesn't lend itself necessarily well to an environment where you have seven different projects and everything's hopping at the same time. Flexibility and adaptability to be able to move within the work environment is really critical. But what's more interesting is candidates in particular must do their homework. They need to be able to find the time to research the employer or the potential employer that they're going to interview with, because they can then reframe all of their answers if this is a place that they really want to go and be employed at or go and work for. Or they may say, you know what, I don't know that this opportunity is the right one for me, but I know enough to say this is not going to be a place where I'm going to thrive and own a piece of that process. But, you know, again, it's the individual, the candidate has to take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm.
0: So, when you're what I'm hearing you say is as a candidate, you can make this decision too. If you have an interview set up with an organization and you're looking into them, you're doing your homework, and you realize, you know, I really like my structure. I really like having a deadline, a firm deadline, and that's what I focus my energy on rather than jumping all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's then up to you to make that decision that that's not the best fit for me. So, in the end, that not only saves you time, but the employer.
1: Absolutely. And I will tell you, being honest like that in an interview process, well, you know, people need jobs and they need to work and they, you know, and they need the financial security. And I can fully appreciate that perspective of the employment process, but there is nothing worse than taking a job because you have to take a job where it's a place where you know that it goes against your values. Um, There's organizational structure issues. There's policy and procedure things that conflict with you internally. That's just really going from no job to a bad job, which causes stress, you ultimately leave, hence the circle starts again. Mm-hmm. So we tell people, really, it's worth taking the time, and, and again, we say it to employers too, <laughs> it's worth taking the time to do the homework up front to say, what kind of boss do you like? What kind of boss don't you like? What drives you crazy about the last person that you worked for? Because, hey, you know what? You might find that you are a 100% perfect match for your new supervisor, but if they don't ask the question, how do you know? Right. Right. So,
0: you know, when you're answering this question as a candidate, what kind of um, examples should you use? Should you just be like generic and try to make it as, you know, wide as possible in that sense? Or should you really just be very specific and say, you know, X, Y, Z happened and this is how I reacted? Um, how should you frame that answer?
1: Well, from the tell me about your worst boss ever, mm-hmm. I can give you a couple of examples. One or or stories really is one is Don't ever be so specific that you're coming across as targeting where it becomes a rant, if you will. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be so specific to say, late all the time, never showed up, had no technical ability. You know, they didn't know what they were doing. That comes across in an interview as one, you're still emotional about whatever the situation was, that you haven't let it go and are able to move on to a new employment situation. It can come across as holding a grudge those are not necessarily really positive Mm -hmm. characteristics that you want to sort of portray in front of a new potential employer. So what we would suggest is if you have an individual that maybe had issue with late-time it's management, if they potentially had an issue with technical ability, you were able to step up and demonstrate your skill set. It really is about softening and it's about um, how you can create the most positive situation and scenario for that negative situation. So for us, we like to say, you know, they taught me graciousness. They taught me time management. They taught me to be professional and to be courteous. And those are things that while maybe this person wasn't top notch at, they were things that actually I was able to step back and really assess and
0: learn how to be a great leader. Right. I think that's a really good example of kind of softening your approach and making sure that you kind of detach yourself from being very emotional from it and and really let go. Um, Do you have Mm -hmm. anything else to add to, you know, how to answer that question about your
1: worst boss? I think from the worst boss perspective, it really has to be that individual has to work through that in their own mind as to what they really believe is the as appropriate, because I can tell you from personal experience, one of my worst bosses ever was actually one of my best bosses ever, and I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I, I couldn't detach, if you will. So sometimes it helps to be able to, even if you're in that current situation, and you're saying, this is horrible, and it's terrible, and I've got to leave, I've got to do something, give yourself a few paces to step back and say, you know what, what are they trying to teach me? what is the lesson that I'm supposed to be learning here that I'm missing? And sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes it's, hey, you know what? You're a risk taker and you're really good with numbers. So maybe you should be in more of a business side rather than in, you know, working directly with employees. And it's, sometimes it's very directional and very purposeful. So there's some, there's some reflection that has to happen with that as right. well. And that's, that's gut checking. That can be a really tough process for some individuals. Okay. So on,
0: on the flip side, when we're looking at, you know, an employer asking about a candidate's best um, boss, why um, do they ask that? And what kind of answer should you give?
1: The best boss ever. You <laughs> You don't want to go on and on. You still want to keep that answer to you know, three, four sentences, just a couple of minutes, but to say, these are the really great characteristics that I've learned that I'm bringing to the table. And you can really say, this is an environment in which I thrive because what it does is if you've done your homework for the company and you know that they work on a variety of projects in a certain sector of industry that you really like, you can say, these are the things I've learned. This is where my area of expertise is. This is where I do my absolute best, most exceptional work. And you're really showing that employer, I've done my homework, I know what you do, and I know how to be really good at it for you, because it's all about the candidate delivering for the employer, ultimately. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you're in this situation, you're interviewing, and someone has asked you one or both of these questions, should you ever name drop um, you know, the specific person or their organization, or is that something that you should really keep to yourself?
1: I don't suggest that people name drop. Generally, they have your resume in, in front of them. They have your application, you know, hiring managers, recruiters. They can figure this stuff out um, if they're listening to any, of you know, community-wide events, especially in terms of big layoffs. I would not go into interviews dropping names by any means. You don't need to do that. And I certainly wouldn't do it if you're trying to go into mid-management or upper mid-management. If you're an executive, it's a little bit different because relationships are so critical and so key to their success. But for individuals that are walking in as, you know, baseline professionals or mid-management, keep it professional. I'm here to do a job. I'm here to perform. I don't need to tout out all of my relationships and everybody that I may or may not know. Mm -hmm. And certainly not the ones that you think less than highly of. Right.
0: So um, when employers are asking this question, do you you see them ask, you know, more of only, you know, tell me about your best boss and then only tell me about your worst boss? Um, Or do you see them, you know, employers asking them at the same time?
1: I think it varies. A lot of companies have structured interviews. So they're asking series of questions with, you know, already prepared checklist. Ask this first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Mm -hmm. We often take the approach of we have, you know, 12 general questions we may change up the order of those general questions because we want to we want to let the conversation be more conversant mm-hmm. we want it to be more of a discussion and a dialogue and it gives us flexibility to maneuver around if you hard hit the questions just one right after the other after the other it is in fact more stressful for the candidate so if that's the intent for the employer great that's a strategy we really prefer that. We want to get to know you. We want this to be a good fit. We want to make sure that you want to work here and come here every day. So it's very mm-hmm. important that we that we sort of break through what what would be standard rehearsed answers to, no, now come on, How how did that really make you feel? And did you overcome that? Right.
0: So could you give us an example of how you would answer this question personally?
1: For me... Well, I have a couple of different scenarios where I've, where I've used that answer, but again, I go back to probably one of the worst bosses ever that I had was also turned out to be the best boss. And what, what he saw, what he recognized in me were skills and abilities that I couldn't, I couldn't begin to, to see or visualize. And so he really brought out my love for numbers. Mm-hmm. He brought out my love for creating process and not, not little process, big process, Mm -hmm. And change and being able to support that in an organization and being able to have a vision and knowing the steps to get there. So it was very broadening and very eye opening. It wasn't where I thought I was going to be, but you know, for me, best boss saying, Hey, you're not right for this job. Worst boss saying, There is a whole world out there that you are going to, you know, you're going to excel when you leave. -hmm. That's a very positive answer to a very negative situation. Yes, it it really is. How how is this impacting you in a bigger way? And again, being able to detach emotionally from the situation, saying, "What is it that I'm just supposed to learn here?" There's just a lesson. Figure it out. Get your answer, and then you can move on. No, we are kind of running
0: against the clock here, so I just wanted to give you the floor in these last thirty seconds to kind of express any final tips or pieces of advice that you would like to share with our audience.
1: Well, thank you. Um, so I would probably suggest, one, practice, 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 being able to answer the negative the negative soliciting questions because it's not always just about the boss. It's about the work environment or a project that you worked on or a team member. And really, it becomes human nature. And when you go into a new situation, you're going to have new colleagues and you're going to ha- be assigned to new projects and you're going to have new bosses, whether you change employment or not. So you need to figure out in a very tactful very professional very courteous way to deal with these negative soliciting questions and that's not just part of the interviewing process you take that particular skill from a political correctness from a business acumen, a business savvy perspective that can take you great places as you maneuver through organizations and hopefully up the corporate ladder Well, there you have
0: it, everyone. And with that final tip of advice, that's all the time that we have for today on Job Search Guide. So I just want to thank Leanne for joining us and sharing her expert advice on this difficult-to-answer question. Oh, thank you, Katie. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. And if you have any comments or questions, just send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and I'll see you next time.